Speaking of that, this morning, I feel like we need to start with a little bit of a welcome this morning. Uh, We have guests in our midst this morning for a baptism. We have folks maybe here uh, in town visiting with family who are a part of our congregation this morning. And you know what? There might actually be one or two folks in this room right now that are checking us out as a congregation, so to speak, this morning. And so I feel like that means I should let you in on a little secret. It's not really a secret, but we're in the like sixth week of a stewardship sermon series right now. So you're kind of coming in on the like middle of this sort of. So I feel like I need to like, get you caught up to speed a little bit so you can follow along and, and uh, listen. And wherever your church home might be, hear the words I'm going to say as they pertain to any community of faith or organization that you're a part of that allows you to reach out into communities. Are you ready for this? So we're talking about stewardship. And every stewardship discussion is different, but we're following along with the definition of what stewardship is from this book that we've been using called Giving to God by an author named Mark Allen Powell. This is his definition that we've been using right now. Here's what stewardship is. He says, stewardship means belonging to God. It means allowing God to rule our lives, putting God in charge of everything, including our time and our money. Our goal then is to find the life that God wants us to have. Stewardship begins by recognizing that everything in our lives belongs to God first And we get a chance to live it in a way and use it in a way that gives glory to God. Are you with me so far? Nodding is this way means yes. Are you awakened? Okay, good. You're scaring me when you don't nod. So last week, we made the move from speaking about stewardship and how it impacts our lives in a more global sense, thinking about our time and our talents and all the ways that we contribute to whatever ministry we're a part of. We made that move from that global understanding of everything down to a little more focus on finances. And this week is going to be very much focused on finances, stewardship of finances. That's this week. We're going to explore two very important ideas of how we contribute financially to our congregations through support and sacrifice. Support and sacrifice. What are they? Okay, these two things are going to be a part of our conversation today, and I'm going to do my best to allow Mark Allen Powell to live into our conversation today as well, because he has some really good ideas about this. But let's begin with a very basic statement. Actually, I'm going to take a poll right now. How many people have bills? Raise your hand. Okay, keep your hands up if your bills are the same every month. They show up the same every month. Maybe they are a little higher or lower, but you have bills every month. Okay. Right? And they show, some of your bills show up at the same time every month, 15th, 30th, first of the month, last of the month, wherever it is. And you have income that comes into your bank account to pay for your bills. How many, well, for the most part, how many of you are in that category? Right? Okay. Our church, our congregations have bills. They show up every month. Some of them are the same every month, some of them fluctuate. Right? We pay for utilities. It's nice and warm in here today. It's not so warm out there, but it's warm in here. We have salaries that we pay for our staff, support for our ministries both locally and internationally. We have monthly office expenses that are the same. We have to maintain this property, which, by the way, is an amazing property. Thank you so much for our property teams and all those people who volunteer to care for this place. Right? We have a mortgage payment. And we have revolving debt. How many of you have some of those in your house? Mortgage payment, revolving debt. Uh, Yeah, okay. They show up every month no matter what happens. 
They're part of our bills. Our congregation has bills. So the question then becomes, how do I have any idea how I can contribute according to my means to this congregation or whatever congregation you're a part of? How do I even know how much that is? How do I even know where to begin? How do I figure out how I can have impact? Now, there's this guy in the book named Gary. They tell a story about Gary. I'm going to share his story right now because I think it's interesting because it's almost the same as my stewardship journey was from a while ago. So these questions that we asked, how do I even know where to begin? How much is enough? What do I do? Gary was asking himself these same questions. Uh, Every week, Gary was faithful at church. He would show up most weeks out of the month and he would put $5 into the offering plate when it came by every month. And he reportedly said that this was... He kind of treated it like tipping at a restaurant, right? You've been served the meal. You've had, based on your service there and whether or not you like the service or not, you know, you kind of have your tip as the last thing in the meal, right? At the very end, after everything else has happened. That's how Gary felt about his giving to the church. He was just putting that $5 in there as kind of an afterthought, as uh, Patty Foster said on Wednesday, as like the leftovers. Ha <laughs> ha, I told you I was going to talk about you today. Okay. Right? As leftovers. That's what this is. That's how he felt about it. But here's the deal. Somebody invited Gary to be a part of the council and leadership, and like a lot of people have reported from this pulpit in our stewardship moments, being on leadership and a part of the council opened his eyes to the need in the congregation, how much it actually costs to run a church. And, and it also opened his eyes to the ways that depending on the size and frequency of certain gifts, greatly impacted the life and ministries of the congregation. Why? Because if the money didn't flow in the same way that the bills flowed in, that means that they either didn't pay the bills on time because they couldn't, or they had to borrow from places to pay. Are you with me so far again? Nodding is this way for yes. You get this? Okay, this sounds like a lot of like my household when I was younger, <laughs> especially when I was in college. Okay? How do we do this, right? So became very aware of the way that giving affected the life and ministries of a congregation. He also discovered during his time on council that there were people who were like him, had the same degrees, had worked in the same fields, had the same uh, money flowing in that he did, that were giving like $200 a month. He was giving $5 a week, and he saw these other people were somehow able to give $200 a month. And after chatting with the pastor about this, he decided to change his giving habits to to try to match what others were giving as well, to be more intentional about how he gave. And it didn't happen overnight, right? It happened over the course of a couple years, but Gary was able to increase his support of the congregation, his financial support to cover the bills of the congregation in a way that was more intentional, that was more according to his needs. He made giving more of a priority and set up his account in a way to have his giving withdrawn at the same time that his paycheck came in. As soon as it came in, his gift to the church went out for the financial support. He made it a priority instead of giving out of what was left at the end. Okay? Let me make one very important distinction right now. If you haven't been listening to this point, listen to this. Okay? As a member of a congregation, whatever congregation that is, all of us, all of us have the responsibility to contribute financially to support the congregation according to our means. 
But, this is the distinction, it doesn't mean that you have to contribute to, participation, to participate in the life and ministries of the church. We are all responsible for contributing, but you don't have to contribute financially in order to participate. Do you understand so far? Why? There's a reason why. We don't have to contribute financially to participate or benefit from God's grace. There's no requirement that you support our congregation to be here. This is a place where we're called out of our everyday lives to participate in God's mission in the world, to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our mind, through acts of kindness, through acts of love, through acts of forgiveness, through worship, and through stewardship of everything. This is the truth that we proclaim and firmly believe in when it comes to being Christians in the world. There is nothing attached to God's grace at all. However, it does not release or dismiss us from the responsibility from those of us who can, for those of us who are able to contribute, from the responsibility to do so. And the deal is, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we want to contribute? God promises to work through our generosity. Paul says as much today in the reading from 2 Corinthians. You've got to get towards the end of it. He says, you'll be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through you. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings. In the Greek, that's many offerings of thanks. It's the word that we use when we talk about what happens here at the table, the great thanksgiving. God will work through you in two very important ways. The way that we support financially to pay the bills, but also in this other way. This other thing that we're called to do in our giving, which is sacrificial giving. It means we got to give something up in order to, right? This is what Mark Allen Powell does refer to as sacrificial giving. This is the gift that goes over and above our weekly or monthly support of a congregation. Think about it like this. Sacrificial giving is all about the ways that we invite the faithfulness in Christ to come into our hearts, working through the Holy Spirit to encourage you, to nudge you in the faith, to open your eyes, ears, and hearts to those places that might need a little bit of extra care, a little bit of extra gift, something over and above the regular bills that we pay as a congregation. That's support. This extra gift is sacrifice. Support, sacrifice two ways to engage. And how do we do that? What are some ways that we give sacrificially here? Boy, you do so many things that engage in ministry outside of the walls of this place. I mean, one of the ways that we do it is through our globe offering. That's a sacrificial gift over and above our regular gift. For those of you that are, that are visiting today, that's this globe thing down here. Uh, each week we put a little bit of extra into the globe and it goes towards a particular ministry outside of our community, sometimes in our community. What about the stewardship bucket challenge? I'm going to talk about this in a minute. There's another one, a gift over and above. I just spent time at a seminary last week. You can support seminary students, and believe me, they need it. Peanut butter and ramen noodles only go so far in the week. Speaking for one that's been there. Right? We have so many ways that we can contribute to have an impact, to have our sacrificial gift have impact outside of this place. And we're encouraged to do it. And we hear that in our stewardship focus verse for today. It says... Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 
this makes me wonder, where do you fall in this category? Are you reluctant? Do you feel compelled to give but don't feel good about it? Do you feel joy in your giving, whatever it is? I always think about my home life right now. I have a teenager that doesn't like to get out of bed, Austin. He's sitting in here right now. Sometimes it has to be reluctant. He doesn't want to get out of bed. Sometimes it's under compulsion. You will get out of bed or else. But then he comes bounding down the steps with joy on his... No, that's not true either. Right? But our giving, we get to experience in these ways as well. Do you feel like you're feeling compelled and, and, and do it or else? Or maybe you're just... Yeah, like I said, boy, you're just feeling like you're just getting this joy in ministry. And whatever your past history has been with your giving, I invite you to let that go. Don't let that hold you back. I invite you to live into the newness of God and Christ in your life each and every day. Make a new start. Make your level of giving change and invite in some pretty amazing thing because our giving is a spiritual discipline, right? It means we're going to have to give something up like time to practice it. To get good at something means you're going to have to donate time to doing it. You're going to have to be intentional at doing it. Stewardship as a spiritual practice means you're going to try and fail, and that is good because failure means we're learning. Don't be too hard on yourselves. Make a commitment. Look at your means. Make a decision. And continue to support. Don't let the past hold you back. And if you want to talk about stewardship... My office is open. I would love to have a conversation with you about healthy stewardship. I would love to have a conversation with you about how to figure out what giving according to your means actually means in your life. I would love to have a conversation with you about pretty much anything. The door is always open. Come in and sit down and let's talk. But that conversation is one that is first going to be grounded in the love of God and Christ that overflows grace, mercy, and forgiveness into every part of our lives, including our finances including our stewardship, and including our discipleship. Thanks be to God for your generosity that got us to this place. Thanks be to God for the gift of his Holy Spirit that continues to encourage us to open our hearts and listen to the need in the world. Thanks be to God mostly, though, for the gift of his Son, in whose name we have the promise of eternal life. Amen.